0: This is Chris. Hope you're doing well and welcome to Popcorn Finance, the show where we discuss finance and about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. It may not come through in the podcast all the time, but I'm, I'm a pretty anxious person. I'm very risk averse. I'm always thinking about like the worst possible scenario that could come up. And I'm trying not to lean into that too much, but I still kind of respect that fear I have. And when I saw this new book that just came out from one of my favorite people, Farnoosh Tarabi, I felt very validated. So before I go any further, Farnoosh, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, my anxious twin. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. It's nice to know, to know you're not alone, right? like It feels like I'm the only one over here stressing out about every single element of life.
1: I mean, the world's a scary place, and I think you can be fearful and courageous. I think that there, mm. those two things can live in harmony. And I want to give fear a rebrand with this book, right? Because, the, you know, have you been outside? The world's scary. Even inside, it's scary. I have two kids. I'm terrified all the time. (laughs) I think that it's not genuine or honest when we're like, oh, we're just going to be fearless. I want to offer something different, which is that how about we learn how to engage with fear in such a way where we can learn from it. Fear shows up for a reason, usually. And in our world today, it's not just here to save us from life or death, but it's here to protect our livelihoods, our career decisions, our money decisions, our relationship decisions. There's always like a rumbling of fear. So let's get in touch with all of our feelings, the good and the quote unquote bad.
0: Exactly. And for those of you listening, if you don't know who Farnoosh is, if somehow you've not come across her amazing podcast, So Money, she's also an author many times over. But your latest book, which I have here, A Healthy State of Panic, really dives into those emotions you're talking about, the embracing of fear in so many areas of our life where we're told to be fearless. But That's not always a great thing. (laughs) There's some good uses for fear.
1: Yeah. I mean, what do I mean by being healthy, fearful or healthy panic is like you're taking smart risk assessments. You are analyzing situations. You are reading rooms. You are extrapolating a a scenario where you're like, if I do this, then this is what it's going to potentially look like and cost for me. It's called being an analytical adult, right? That's Mm. basically what it is. It's not saying you're being a coward. It's not saying you're being weak, which is, I think, the unfortunate message we have been getting over and over again around fear. I think being fearful and looking at your fears is really like looking at yourself. Mm. Because what you're afraid of, Chris, and what I'm afraid of, sometimes there's overlap, sometimes there isn't. But it tells a story, right? Of like your lived experience, if I'm afraid of political unrest more than somebody else, maybe it has something to do with the fact that my family is from Iran, right? And they came here with the hope of escaping the tyrannical regime there in their homeland to come here and and have a better life, never forgetting where they came from. And that fear of, you know, life being so tenuous is rooted in something very real and very much a part of me that I want to respect And I think that's something to honor. Maybe the things you're afraid of, there's a story there and there's something to honor there. It doesn't mean that you have to stay stuck in that past, but I think our narratives are really important to remember and and honor.
0: What I love about your book is that it's not just about money. There's so many personal stories you put in and you cover so many areas of uh, our lives and which fear can be a, a tool that we can use but you know since i guess this is a money show and you know you hope so money. I, I picked the one chapter in there. i believe it was chapter six that was all about the fears around money yeah uh, one of the things that really stood out to me was there's this this part in there where you say that it's a, it's a healthy practice to examine our fears examine those like worst case scenarios yes. and not to run away from them and let the fear kind of build up so how do you do that when it comes to money because that'd be really scary to be like well, what are all the worst possible financial things that could (laughs) happen to me in the next year or month?
1: Yeah, I think it's important to get really specific and personalize your financial fears. A lot of times we run around with these abstract fears of recessions and stock market crashes, and those are valid fears, but I think they're not really helpful in that way, in that mindset. You have to really understand what could be the implications of those things happening in your life so that you feel more personally motivated to go do something about that potential. Same goes for like people who are really scared about estate planning or getting life insurance. And there's actually a chapter dedicated to the fear of endings, which includes a life ending, like your life or a loved one's life. But sometimes when you fear something in your financial life today and you think the right response is to do nothing, well, let's let's actually imagine where that could take you. So if you actually are afraid of facing, you know, the worst, which is your potential death. And so as a result, you don't even want to think about getting life insurance or creating a will. All right. Let's say that you have a tragedy and you do not have the will and you did not create life insurance. Where does that leave your family? They're going to be despondent. And that is not what you want you know i think that sometimes we don't extrapolate the fear to go oh my god what how, how bad could things actually get i'm afraid today of investing for example because oh the market is really volatile and money is a limited resource i get all of that you know that is not an irrational fear but it's not being helpful to just think of it as sort of like oh what if the market crashes and i guess i just want to invest okay well i'll raise you that fear Okay. Imagine you don't invest. And then you're 88 years old. You're calling your adult children for money and you're working under very unflattering lights at Costco. Okay. That is scarier, more terrifying to me than maybe I invest today. And yeah, the market's going to go down, but you know what? Actually, it also goes up. It goes up more than it goes down. And sometimes when you have a fear of money, it's really asking you to get educated. That's what the fear wants you to do, Yeah. which is, I mean- let that be the first assumption when the fear of money shows up. It's like, maybe I just need to learn a little bit more about what I'm about to take on because fear loves to live where there is illiteracy and a lack of knowledge. And I face that every day, you know, either I I don't never go through life assuming I know everything. I'm always curious and I'm always assuming that there's more to learn, which is probably why I'm always terrified.
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> but no, no, that i I love the way you put that. That was that was beautiful because when we're afraid, right? We're afraid because there's a lot of things we don't know. I mean, obviously, there's there's things you can know about and still be afraid of it. Sure. that can still happen. But there's a lot of fear in the unknown because in the unknown, everything's a possibility. There's infinite possibilities that could go wrong. But taking like facing a little bit of that fear, kind of stepping in and say, okay, I'm going to educate myself a little bit more, and I'm going to look at like you said. What type of life insurance would I need? What 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 type of unemployment benefit would I get? Right. Like all these things, understanding them, it's not going to, you know, it's, it's not going to stop it from happening. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But being prepared for it is a lot better. It can be a lot more comforting than just going in blind and saying, well, I'll see what happens when everything falls apart.
1: And we all want to make the best decisions we can. We can't do that without information. We don't want to be on the other side of an event thinking, oh, if only I had known X, Y, or Z. If only I'd been more prepared. That's the stuff that we can actually control. And you cannot control the markets. You cannot control your employer's decisions to downsize or upsize or sideways size, but you can control your understanding of what is likely to happen or not likely to happen. This book isn't about how to use fear so that everything works out perfectly. (laughs) It's so that you can use fear so that you can be on the other side of life's crossroads feeling like, I did this with the best knowledge that I had at the time, with the research that I did, and and also doing something that I felt was really aligned with who I am. Because sometimes fear is telling you, like, do it your way. If you're scared, maybe you got to do it your way and not the way everybody else is doing, because that other way is pretty frightening.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like trust yourself sometimes like this. Sometimes your, your, your mind, your heart is telling you one thing for, for a good reason.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Just trusting your instincts, which it can be really hard. I think these days with so much noise and a lot of influence on the internet and social media, you kind of start to not trust yourself. And I think that's when decision-making gets really, really hard and complex and complicated and confusing. And I think fear can be. Like the tool you didn't even know you could leverage. That's like constantly showing you who you are.
0: Mm. Yeah. Farnoosh, thank you so much for coming on there and breaking some of this down. Because I think it's so quick for us to dismiss fear and want to get away from it. But I love the perspective you have in your book about embracing it and using it for very positive Forces and you know improve things in your life in ways that you didn't even think about. So if people want to connect with you more online, where should they go?
1: Thank you so much, Chris. Well, you can hang out with me on my podcast. It's the So Money Podcast, available everywhere that you love to listen to podcasts. And I'm <laughs> I love having fun on Instagram. I don't know about you, Chris, but I love Instagram. Same. Send me a DM. I'll probably reply it's a great place to ask me questions or tell me you're reading the book and what you love about it. I, uh, I appreciate all the, all the feedback.
0: Yeah. And I I highly recommend everyone go check out, I hope they stay to panic. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can go grab a copy for yourself.
1: Thanks so much, Chris. And I think our popcorn's done.
0: I think it is. So I guess we'll get out (laughs) of here, but thank you so much for your time. It was really great having you on again. My pleasure. Your boy, keep it popping like Mary Poppins.